on this episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. It's actually very compelling that the accelerated students do better over a period of time. And we have research from literally over 70 years with thousands and thousands of kids and hundreds of research studies about acceleration. And the big picture looking at all of these studies as a body of research is telling us that acceleration works. That and a whole lot more coming up. Welcome to the Adventures in Being Gifted podcast. I'm Jill Hartsock. And I'm Jessica Mullen. And we're two experienced gifted teachers and your hosts. This podcast is a place for parents, educators, and students living the gifted adventure to hear stories, practical tips, and deep dive into relevant topics related to being gifted. So come along for another Adventures in Being Gifted episode. Jessica, today we get to talk to a phenomenal woman who is behind the Iowa Acceleration Scale. She is tremendously experienced in this entire subject of acceleration, whether it is just subject acceleration, whole grade acceleration, early entrance to kindergarten, or early entrance to college. And we could not be more excited to talk with her today about this hot topic we deal with on a very frequent basis in our district um, every year. Yeah, and I feel like there's so many differing opinions out there about acceleration, whether it is subject acceleration or early entrance or all of all of the many different types of acceleration. It'll be interesting to hear what she has to say about the research. Exactly. And I think this is what, most importantly, the teachers and educators and administrators need to hear from her, the person behind the Iowa Acceleration Scale herself, and also her new product that was just released in April, which is a different tool, a little bit more updated as far as reporting goes and as far as just collecting all the data as a team. Um, I think it's going to be a great tool for educators and schools and the teams that are helping to make this decision for a student whether or not they should be accelerated in some way or another. Yeah. And it's digital. In our digital world these days, it's nice that it's going to be able to be done all on a computer versus all of the paperwork. Yes. So. And they can do a lot more emailing, it sounds like, and just a lot more information. Um, but our guest today is just incredible. So it was an honor to be able to speak with her today. So stay tuned to hear more about Acceleration. Everyone, our guest today is Anne Lepkowski Shoplick, PhD, author of two books, and best known for developing the Iowa Acceleration Scale and her work on A Nation Empowered. Evidence trumps the excuses holding back America's brightest students. And most recently, Anne has co developed the online integrated acceleration system which guides educators and families through the decision-making process about grade skipping, early entrance to kindergarten, subject acceleration, and early entrance to college. Great. I'm glad to be here, and I'm excited to talk about acceleration with you. We would love to hear how you entered into the gifted world 
and began to focus on acceleration. Well, I became interested in gifted education actually when I was a freshman in college, and I've really maintained that interest since that time. Um, I went to Texas A&M University for my PhD and then did a postdoctoral fellowship at Johns Hopkins University, and and that's really where uh, my interest in acceleration began. My postdoc was with the study of mathematically precocious youth with Julian Stanley at Johns Hopkins. Will you tell us and start us off with our interview by giving our listeners a working definition of acceleration as it's known today in 2021. Are there different types of acceleration? Are there different degrees or options? Sure. Um, the, The simple definition, acceleration has to do with moving ahead at a faster pace or at a younger age than is typical. And We have at least 20 different types of acceleration. Um, Some of the more common ones would include advanced placement courses, AP courses. And I like to sort of reassure people, um, most schools already do acceleration if they have AP courses available. Subject acceleration is another form of acceleration. Um, Whole grade skipping, where a student actually moves from one grade to another. And I think that's the one that most people think of initially. Um, We can also compact the curriculum and students can participate in fast-paced summer courses and actually get credit for the work that they do and then be able to place ahead when they move back into or when they come back into school in the fall. So you have devoted your career to working with and contributing to gifted education. Uh, You have collected and examined decades of research specifically on acceleration. And while there are many differing opinions out there about this hot topic of acceleration, what does the research say? Well, the research is really positive about acceleration in spite of what you might hear, you know, across the backyard fence. Um, we're, you know, we're nervous about it, right? Because we worry about the social development of the student. But our research really shows us that acceleration is very positive, both in the short term and in the in the long term. So the short-term research shows that students are more engaged. They tend to be more interested in that specific area where they're accelerated and they stick with it. Um, They're successful in their courses. So for example, if a student accelerates in math, they tend to stick with it over time. And often they'll pursue mathematics or something related to that as they move on into college. There is really no evidence of burnout with the students who are accelerated and they retain the information. So it's not like they skip over it and then forget it quickly. Um, The long-term evidence about acceleration is also really compelling. Over the long-term where we've actually had students who accelerated years and years ago and we're looking at their success in their careers and, you know, um, information like that, we actually find the, the students who accelerated in school um, tend to have earned more degrees, um, you know, like more uh, master's degrees, bachelor's degrees, PhDs, et cetera, than equally matched students who didn't accelerate. So there, it's a, um, comparing two very able groups of students, one that accelerated and one that didn't, and the accelerated students are doing better. Also, they're producing more creative products like patents and um, 
articles, you know, things that you could objectively measure. How many patents does a person have? How many articles have they written? Those kinds of things that help us to measure their success in their careers. And even looking at comparing the amount of money that they make in their careers and their success in their career over a period of time, it's actually very compelling that the accelerated students do better over a period of time. And we have research from literally over 70 years with thousands and thousands of kids and hundreds of research studies about acceleration. And the big picture looking at all of these studies as a body of research is telling us that acceleration works. That's amazing. That is what the research says. So there are still so many things wrapped around that it doesn't work. So what is what do you think one of the greatest myths that you would like to debunk about acceleration? Well, I think the one about socialization, that somehow if we accelerate a student, that we're going to do something terrible to them socially and they'll become a social misfit uh, because they've been grade skipped or even just moved ahead in a particular subject. And there's a group of the study of mathematically precocious youth, actually, who has studied students for the last um, 35 years. And, you know, they're adults now, right? And looking back at actually several thousand people who accelerated over a long period of time um, and what is what is the evidence about them? What? How did they do? How are they socially? And the evidence is positive, Um we're seeing that the accelerated students do a little bit better than the non-accelerated students in terms of their social development. Um, so it's really counter to the myth that you know that we think about when we think about acceleration. Um, so that, that's one research study that actually recently came out last summer, uh, in the summer of 2020, that um, this is by Bernstein, Lubinsky, and Benbow. Um, if you wanted to look that up and get some more information about it. Also, Karen Rogers has written quite a bit. She's done a meta-analysis on acceleration and, and looking at these hundreds of research studies. And again, she's found um, a, a small but positive difference in the direction of the accelerated students in terms of their socialization. And you co-edited the book, A Nation Empowered, about academic acceleration for gifted students. Will you tell us a little bit about volume one with real stories of acceleration? Um, I work for the Bell and Blank Center at the University of Iowa. And the Bell and Blank Center has done some phenomenal work about academic acceleration. And back in 2004, we had a big grant that allowed us to produce something called A Nation Deceived. And when you Google acceleration, often A Nation Deceived pops up because it's just been you know so well received and lots of people have looked at it. Um, and that has... that the research up to that point um, about academic acceleration. And we decided um, in about 2015 that it was time to produce another report that, that gave a, a more updated look at acceleration. So in 2015, we produced A Nation Empowered, and it's actually a two-volume set where volume one is really for the, the educated layperson. It's, it's a quick read. A, a principal can sit down and read it you know, in one sitting, a parent can read it. And that's our audience. We want people who aren't necessarily familiar with acceleration to be able to look at it and understand um, the basics about the research. And we tell the basics through these stories, right? The stories really resonate with people. 
So we have some stories about individual students, about their parents and the experience with acceleration that they had, um, and about their teachers and what the teachers experience and what they think about acceleration and how it benefits their students. Um, so that's volume one, and it's very colorful, lots of pictures, lots of, you know, kind of chatty um, approaches to things. And then we have volume two that's, that summarizes the research. And volume two includes chapters on um, whole grade acceleration, on um, students who are considered twice exceptional, who have been accelerated, on um, STEM and acceleration. So lots of different topics. I think there are 18 chapters um, that are associated with acceleration. And again, they summarize the research. It sounds very valuable for parents and educators alike in order to help, you know, make this decision for a child um, in terms of acceleration. Tell us, how can we find the book? Yeah, sure. That's a really good point. So it's very accessible. It's actually free. You can just go to nationempowered.org. And on that website, you can actually download a PDF at no cost. If you want to get a printed copy, you can also purchase that. Um, And you can just get volume one if you want, or you can get both volume one and volume two. And I'll just mention that Nation Empowered, you know, this this book, this uh, report is housed on the Acceleration Institute. And that website is just accelerationinstitute.org. And that homepage for accelerationinstitute.org has a link right to Nation Empowered, but also to many, many other resources about acceleration. So many school districts use what we call the Iowa Acceleration Scale to determine if acceleration is a good fit for a student. Many of our listeners may not be familiar with this tool that you helped co-create. Can you give us a summary of what the Iowa Acceleration Scale is and how it works to aid the acceleration team in the process? Yeah, sure. So the the whole reason for the Iowa Acceleration Scale is to help educators and families work together to make an informed decision about acceleration. And um, it's actually been around for quite a long time. We're actually on to the third edition, and that came out in 2009. It's a paper and pencil guide it's used to help us make decisions about acceleration. And it basically walks you through the process where um, there are lists of things that you need to collect, information that you need to gather in order to make an informed decision. And it, um, you know, one person is typically in charge of the process of gathering the information, but lots of people contribute to it. And it, so you get all of this information together, including some testing information and comments from teachers about what they see of the student and comments from the parents. And then putting all of this together, um, there is a meeting where the the family and the educators, the the classroom teacher, the receiving classroom teacher who who might have that student in their class if that student is accelerated, all of these people come together in a team meeting and talk about the possibility of acceleration for the student. And the hope when we developed it was to help people to get away from that sort of gut reaction. You know, when we hear acceleration, we're paralyzed because we think we might hurt the student socially. So we're afraid to do anything. But if we look at it objectively, you know, one piece at a time and then talk through that whole process, it helps us to really make a good informed decision. 
So for a parent who may be interested in this process for their child or who is about to go through this process with their child, what would you want them to know about the Ohio Acceleration Scale? Yeah, so it's an objective process and it's a collaborative process. And um, the Iowa Acceleration Scale itself is not a test. It's a tool that helps us to gather the information. So, and a lot of that information might already be available about your student. Um, and, you know, maybe some additional information would need to be collected, but, but we're starting with what we already know and, you know, looking through the student's information and their, you know, learning about their experiences in school. Um, we already probably have achievement testing on the student. So that's one piece of information that would be necessary. And again, the Iowa Acceleration Scale helps us to think about all different aspects of a student's development, their academic, social, psychological, and even their physical development, you know, how big they are compared to other kids in their, in their class. And again, it, the whole hope is to remove the individual bias about acceleration and to remove gatekeepers. I know in a lot of school districts across the country, um, a principal or a teacher might actually be the person who makes a decision about a whole grade acceleration. And that's definitely not what we recommend. We recommend the team approach where a group is gathering this information, discussing it, and then making a decision together. And, oh, you know, I don't want to forget, it's really, really important for the parents to know they are critical members of the team. They are part of the team helping to make that decision. So while the Iowa Acceleration Scale is huge and a tremendous helper in deciding whether a child should be accelerated, what other tools would parents or schools want to consider when going through the acceleration process? There's a lot of information. And um, I would say if I was, you know, sitting down and chatting with a parent who um, whose child was being considered for acceleration, the first thing I would suggest is that they look at the Acceleration Institute website. And, and I mentioned, you know, accelerationinstitute.org. There's a ton of information there. And there's actually a section that's specifically for parents. So that's a great start. Um, another thing parents might want to learn about is the type of testing that is needed. We usually do achievement testing, aptitude testing, and ability testing. And um, aptitude testing is able to be achieved by what we call above-level testing. And I know this is a lot of, like, um, words that I'm throwing out here. But above-level testing, we have some really nice um pieces of information about above-level testing and these other considerations that we pull together for acceleration decisions. Uh, we have some blogs about acceleration, and I've actually created a tiny URL uh, to make it easy for people. So if you just go to tinyurl.com slash acceleration blogs, uh, there are lots of blogs about acceleration, various topics, and you can kind of scroll through those and see what might be interesting to you and just, you know, read some stories about acceleration and, and again, kind of get the idea of how it has worked for other families. Um, also, the National Association for Gifted Children has a tip sheet that's specifically for parents about acceleration. And you can just Google NHEC, which stands for the National Association for Gifted Children, NHEC tip sheet for parents acceleration, and you'll go right to it. Um, then just take, taking this a little step further uh, beyond what the parents might be looking for, schools might 
want to look at some of this information that I've already mentioned and, and if other information that's on the Acceleration Institute website. And that website has a section specifically for, um, for educators and then one for policymakers and another for um, researchers. And I've already mentioned the section for parents. So, you know, lots of different audiences are interested in acceleration. And schools that are interested in acceleration policy can look at the Acceleration Institute website and find all kinds of information about acceleration policy. Um, and I want to mention, we really hold the state of Ohio up as an example to the rest of the country in terms of acceleration policy. The state of Ohio has a really strong acceleration policy. Every single school district in Ohio is required to have an acceleration policy and, of course, to follow the acceleration policy. And these policies have to be approved by the State Department of Education. And um, that, that information is on the website. You can look at that and, and really get a, a good idea of the kinds of things that go into an acceleration policy. Um, just a kind of a little side note for parents. Um, unfortunately, typical educators, when they're going through their typical training, you know, to their teacher training and then their, their training as they um, are learning about becoming administrators, et cetera, they typically don't get any information about acceleration in that training. You know, obviously at the Bell and Blank Center at the University of Iowa, we are trying to change that. We're doing our own training and we're trying to work with others to make sure that they are um, sharing the research about acceleration and the, the success story of excel acceleration. But parents, as you're going through a process a process with your child, if your child's being considered for acceleration, I think it's important to know that the people that you're working with on this might not be as familiar with acceleration as you are if you have done some research about it yourself. So just be aware of that. And, you know, I think it's really helpful for all of us to think about, you know, being on a team together that we're cooperative cooperatively working on this and trying to figure out what the best match is for our student. We certainly appreciate you all at your center for just constantly evolving and adapting and adjusting to make it the best um, program and process possible. So you've just released a brand new product. And will you tell us about the integrated acceleration system? You bet. I'm about ready to jump out of my chair because I'm so excited <laughs> to share. I know, really nerdy, right? But um, the Integrated Acceleration System is a new tool that's coming out of the Bell and Blank Center. We just launched it in April of this year, so it's really new. Um, and the focus is on acceleration. And it actually includes four forms of acceleration. The first one is grade skipping, which is what we've really been focusing on as we've been talking. But we also include early entrance to kindergarten, early entrance to college, and then grade skipping. So these different forms of acceleration are considered in this new integrated acceleration system. Um, we have already released the grade skipping portion. That's what came out in April. We're working on the other three forms of acceleration, um, but the you know this tool is available, and we're really excited um, to release it and to to share it with with everybody. Um, 
So it's an online tool, it, and it really walks people through the whole process of considering acceleration. And um, it, I think one of the pieces that people fa have found very confusing with the Iowa Acceleration Scale is the testing. You know, I mentioned a little bit of that earlier, and it's all this different lingo, right? Ability, aptitude, achievement. What does it all mean? Which test do I put into which blank? And when we created the integrated acceleration system, we decided that we would really, you know, kind of take it one step at a time and help people to figure out which piece they needed and where it fits and how it makes sense. Um, so what's different if you're comparing the integrated acceleration system to the paper and pencil Iowa acceleration scale, they have the same ultimate goal, which is to help the team to make a good decision for the student and, and to help this to be a collaborative process. But the integrated acceleration system, again, is totally online and it, it um, allows the person who's facilitating the process to just simply email the different team members to gather information and people are able to type things into the computer and it all goes into the system. Then all of this information is gathered then we're ready for our team meeting and everybody comes together in the room or even via Zoom to um, do the meeting about the student. The student is not included in the meeting. This is for the adults. And um, they are able to actually work through a few of the questions together, um, so, you know, the questions that really do need consensus and need discussion. So um, those are included in the team meeting. And then during that meeting, they... Um, they actually produce a report. And this report is, I don't know, six pages, eight pages long. And it, it has an actual recommendation about acceleration for that student. And it mentions some of the salient points that have been gathered um, in the data that was, was in, entered into the system. And then also it provides a record of all of the information that was gathered. So it's, it's a really nice, um, I guess, a nice summary of what the discussion was and the information that was gathered at the time to help to make the decision. And then another piece that's included is to help people to create a transition plan so that when the decision is made, it's not just flipping a switch and saying, well, you know, today you're in third grade and tomorrow you're going to fourth grade, you know, bye, good luck with that. No, we want to have a good transition for the student and really help them to make the move from one classroom to another and uh, make sure the right people are informed about it and that the student is getting extra support in the places they, that they need it, whether they need um, you know, a little bit of help learning some specific topics that they didn't learn already. Um, but once they learn those topics, you know, they're ready to go with all the other kids in fourth grade. Um, so they, they get some support from this transition. Um, let me see. I guess, well, I know that we were going to talk about really a comparison between the IO acceleration scale and the integrated acceleration system. So let me just kind of highlight some of the things that I've already mentioned. Um, don't throw away your IO acceleration scale. It's still a valuable tool because really the important part is the process and the discussion and the collaboration and the work together, gathering this information and together making the decision. And the Iowa Acceleration Scale still facilitates that. The integrated acceleration system would be um, 
a, a choice. If you want to do that instead, you wouldn't do both of them. You wouldn't do both the IO acceleration scale and the integrated acceleration system. You would do one or the other. Um, the the IO acceleration scale gives you a number. When you go through the process, you actually are writing down these different scores for the different sections, and you actually get a total score at the end, and you compare that total score to a little table, and that tells you if the student is an excellent candidate for acceleration or a good candidate or, you know, maybe acceleration is not recommended for the student. So you have that number. And what's different then with the integrated acceleration system is you don't just you don't get a number, you get this report that has you know, a much more refined approach to looking at acceleration and it calls out, oh, you know, this area, you really need to look at this. If you decide to accelerate the student, look at this area as you're creating the transition plan for the student. Um, and then the final point, the, comparing the two, the IO acceleration scale is focused only on whole grade acceleration. The integrated acceleration system has four different, eventually will have four different forms of acceleration, as I mentioned, grade skipping, early entrance to kindergarten, early entrance to college, and then subject acceleration. Well, that really helps our listeners understand that the integrated acceleration system is not a replacement tool, but it should not be used you know, both tools should not be used for a student in the acceleration process. So thanks for that explanation. What are all the benefits of using this new product from your perspective, Anne? And then how can teachers or parents advocate for administrators to use or purchase this product? I really think the benefit is we kind of walk people through the process and hold you by the hand. Um, I, another thing that's really important, if you have a twice exceptional student, we have a team at the Bell and Blank Center that are experts and they're viewed as experts around the world, literally, um, on twice exceptionality. So if you have a student who is twice exceptional, there are certainly special things we have to be thinking about if we're considering acceleration for that student. And so if you use the integrated acceleration system and you check that the student has a 504 plan or, um, you know, has an IEP that, that they are diagnosed, I guess, as uh, twice exceptional, that that actually triggers a, an email to one of our team members and they are alerted that, that they need to be, um, to let the, the facilitator know that they can have access to our experts if they have questions as they're working through the process with a twice exceptional student. Um, another benefit I, I mentioned before, the testing part is kind of confusing. And so we've really taken people by the hand as they go through the testing portion and gather that information and explain, you know, what each piece is about and all of that. Um, in terms of advocating with your um, administrator that, you know, hey, we, we should really be looking at this as a, a way of considering acceleration for a student. We actually have produced a number of different tools that are part of this integrated acceleration system. Um, for example, we have different PDFs for, for the parent, for the administrator, for the educator that just gives you um, a, an overview of what acceleration is 
is and then explains how the process will work with the integrated acceleration system. So, you know, we've tried to make it easy for you so that you don't have to sort of figure this out to explain it, but we've got it on paper or well on, on a PDF that we can share with you and then you can share with that administrator. All right, so let's talk about the research learning opportunity through the Bell and Blank Center and the University of Connecticut on an acceleration project. What is it and how would our listeners potentially be a part of it? Well, this is targeted at teachers. It's um, not a project for parents, um, just to be clear. And the Bell and Blank Center at the University of Iowa is working with the team from the University of Connecticut, specifically the National Center for Research on Gifted Education. And together, we've developed a study on improving acceleration practices in school. And we're currently recruiting schools to participate in this. And there's a website. Um, it's www ncrge and that stands for national center for research on gifted education ncrge dot uconn u-c-o-n-n university of connecticut dot edu slash acceleration so again it's www.ncrge.uconn.edu slash acceleration and our team is focusing on helping educators to learn about the process for determining which students are ready for acceleration. We're looking at both subject acceleration and grade skipping, and we'll be walking through the process with the school team and helping them with their decisions. And we're just really excited about this. We, you know, we, we want to tell the good news about acceleration, and we're happy to share this with more, more teams from more schools. And that could be any teacher educator. Is that correct, Anne? That can right. apply? Recruiting from across the country, right? Yes. Okay, great. That is good to know. Now, would you tell us what you believe your biggest message that you want to leave with our listeners? So our listeners are teachers, parents, and students themselves on the topic of acceleration. The big message is doing nothing is still a decision. So we might be considering acceleration for a student and we're having these long conversations in the hall about that student. And we're thinking maybe this is something we need to do, but we're scared, right? We feel like it's, you know, it's a big decision and, and it is a big decision and we don't want to do the wrong thing. So maybe we just sort of put it aside and we don't do anything. Well, we've made a decision not to challenge that student, not to, to teach them how to work hard uh, we've, we've made a decision not to have them be as engaged in school as maybe they need to be. Um, you know, if, if you suspect that a student would benefit from acceleration and you don't do anything, I think that's the equivalent of educational malpractice. We know so much about the incredible effectiveness of acceleration. It's truly the best researched option for gifted students. I've got the studies to back up that sentence. And we want to base all of our educational decisions on sound research. And Acceleration does have that sound research. So it's really worth the time and effort to determine if that student might be a good candidate for Acceleration, either in a specific subject or by skipping a grade. We in our district use or do a lot of single subject Acceleration instead of whole grade Acceleration. Is there anything 
that you would like to tell us about kind of the difference or the pros and cons of one versus the other? Um, single subject acceleration is really, really important. Um, there are lots of kids that just need single subject acceleration. They might be really strong in math or really strong in science or really strong in the verbal area. And so, you know, let's focus on those strengths and let's challenge them. We, there's no reason to make a kid be the same all the way across the board, right? We want to make sure they're challenged everywhere. So um, if we focus on single subject acceleration, um, that makes really good sense to me. There are some students who um, might be recognized that, oh, yeah, you know, this student is really achieving very high in a specific area. Let's accelerate them. Oh, gosh, but wait, they're also achieving really high in another subject and maybe another subject. That's when we need to have that conversation about grade skipping if we're looking across the subjects for that student. Um, and then I want to just add to that, we might have a student who um, was already whole grade accelerated, but yet they're so talented in a particular area, they need additional acceleration in that particular subject. So, and that happens all the time. So, um, you know, just be aware that that's, that is something that, that might um, be necessary. And, you know, it's great. It's a way to really tailor education to the needs of the student. Well, Anne, we could probably talk to you for a much longer time because this is fascinating. And I know that we're thinking of more and more questions. So we just want to say we are so grateful for your time today. And we're so thankful that you were able to be our guest and it's been a pleasure to hear your firsthand research and knowledge and experience about all things related to acceleration, including your new product, the Integrated Acceleration System, and your work in the gifted field of improving and advancing and further developing all these tools and research is just absolutely incredible. And we absolutely appreciate all the hard work that you've been doing all these years. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking with both of you. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited about this new tool that she just inter introduced to us, the Integrated Acceleration System. And I think the part that I'm looking forward to the most in testing this out and using it is that transition plan. Because I think that's oftentimes the part that's left out. When we accelerate students, we really need to have that plan in place of how they're going to transition into the new the new classroom or the new grade level. And I think that's gonna be that's gonna definitely be a game changer for the acceleration process. And I know that listening to her during the interview, what really kind of spoke to me was the research that shows acceleration is positive. I mean, acceleration works. And I think she is the living, breathing research herself that was was giving us, you know, some of the tidbits of the studies they've done. But it's just so incredible to hear the positive ends of this hot topic that can be perceived as something that is scary or maybe try, you know, avoid it a little bit because of the nature of grade skipping or sending your child to college early because that's where they are academically and their passion for learning is so huge that they want to keep going versus just waiting around to 
learn something they've already learned. Yeah. 70 years of research. That blew me away when she said that. Um, Definitely. I know in conversations that I've had with you that your grandmother was grade level accelerated. My mom was grade level accelerated. So this has been happening for years and years. And that the research is such so positive is definitely enlightening. Right. And we think of our little third graders that we work with every day, and we sometimes feel hesitant one for one reason or another. But when you think about the students we've worked with in the past who have experienced whole grade acceleration or subject acceleration, we can see the benefits outweigh the negatives. Yeah. I can't wait to hear from some students about their experiences, too. Come up with a bunch of different things, good stuff like math, reading, and to keep yourself and understand Welcome to the segment Student Voices, where we are passing them the mic to share about their gifted adventures. Hi, I'm Harshita. I'm a freshman in high school and I'm 13 years old. In in general, my favorite subject in school is science. If I had to be specific, it would probably be chemistry, but I love both chemistry and biology. I want to be a neurosurgeon when I grow up. Some of my extracurricular activities include playing tennis and I'm a competitive swimmer. I also play the violin and the piano. Some of my extracurricular activities also include traditional Indian dance, chess, and some clubs that I run. I like to work on research projects when I get time. I actually moved to fourth grade after a quarter of third grade, and I remember being really excited to go to a harder class because I had thought that third grade was really easy. I was also really sad because I had to leave my teachers and friends in third grade behind. One of my most memorable things about my last day in third grade was that all of my classmates had made cards for me, and I had all of Thanksgiving break to worry about how hard fourth grade was going to be especially when it came to making friends. But when I came to school, it was actually really easy to make friends for me. Fourth grade wasn't that much harder for me, but I'm glad that I skipped the grade. The best part of being accelerated from third grade to fourth grade was that I was learning harder content. I could challenge myself more in fourth grade. The teachers in fourth grade also let students have more freedom, so I learned some leadership skills and how to be more responsible. I was really... I didn't really like leaving all of my friends from third grade behind, and I was really scared about meeting new people. In a few weeks, I had some really great friends, but I also met some pretty mean kids. It also took me some time to get adjusted to the new lockers. In my opinion, the purpose of being accelerated is to challenge a student who is at a higher level than his or her peers in all aspects, academically and emotionally. The main reason that I was accelerated was so that I wouldn't be too overconfident or disengaged. That purpose was definitely achieved when I was accelerated. I feel like I could have been more challenged, but I definitely learned a lot from my fourth grade teachers. I also learned to challenge myself in my time outside of school. I ended up taking college courses at 11, so I would say that purpose was definitely accomplished. Some of the benefits of acceleration are being challenged more in class. It helps with having a growth mindset, and it always made me look for something new to learn. It also avoids developing overconfidence. I had amazing teachers in both third and fourth grade. They helped me with the transition. I remember that 
I forgot the bus that I was supposed to be on, and my teacher, Mrs. Thacker, took me to the front office and ran to the bus with me. I also made some amazing friends in both third and fourth grade that helped me a lot. But my most important support is Mrs. Hartsock, and she still helps me and supports me, even though I haven't been in her classroom in six years. I also have many amazing supports currently, too. All of my teachers throughout the years have supported me throughout my academic journey. I still visit some of my old teachers, and it feels so amazing to catch up with some of them. One piece of advice that I would give to another student who is going through the process of acceleration is to get out of your comfort zone. Talk to new people, try harder problems in school, and overall challenge yourself. It might be hard at the beginning, but it will definitely pay off in the end. Hi, my name is Alex, and I'm a fourth grader, and I like to swim. Last year, I went through the process of being accelerated in math. It started when I became frustrated because I thought my math was really easy in third grade. In order to be accelerated mid-year, I had to study hard, and I got another chance at doing my math test, and I had to score in the 90th or 95th percentile, two grades above me. And I, what I liked was I got a l- little bit more challenge because fourth grade is harder than third grade. And I got to meet a nice teacher. And I like trying to keep it top, top secret because it was kind of hard to keep it from my friends. And I also like that kids were closer to my age because I'm the oldest in my class. I didn't like that it was kind of hard to make new friends online, and I still think I could have a little bit more of a challenge. I think the purpose was to learn math at my level and to try to learn new things. I still think I could have been more challenged because some of the questions I knew right away. I I got really interested in math when I had the chance to learn about a fi- about the Fibonacci sequence, which isn't just math, but it occurs in nature in, in my gifted class. When I grow up, I am hoping to be a swimmer, and I haven't decided something else yet. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another Adventures in Being Gifted episode. Please make sure that you subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us again next time for more Adventures in Being Gifted.